and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 20. Today, I'm going to be continuing my conversation with mental illness and mental health. I had mentioned that I would talk about the zine, Do What You Want, that Sarah Quinn of Tegan and Sarah was interviewed for, where she talked about dealing with mental illness, and it finally came in the mail. So I'm going to be reading you guys a couple of those things. It came a few weeks ago, but I haven't been able to sit and give it the attention it deserves because of other things getting in the way. But today, I finally gave it my attention, and it was completely amazing, and I was blown away, and you guys should definitely check it out and purchase one. There's a few questions in Sarah's answers that I'm going to read to you guys. Sarah's interview starts on page 96. And the first question that she was asked said, you brought up something that I think is really important, not wanting to seem vulnerable. As figureheads for the LGBTQ community, which is so often underrepresented, have you felt that like you've always had to put across a really strong front and not show the cracks? Sarah said, Oh, God, yeah. Some of it is probably our upbringing. We didn't see our parents be vulnerable. Our mom is a single parent. She didn't take sick days. She was going to school, working, and raising us. And my dad is a notorious workaholic. He works six and a half days a week. We basically have to beg him whenever he needs to go to the doctor. So there was not a lot of quote-unquote weakness shown in my family. When we started out with our music career, it felt like there were not really a lot of safe people or safe places for us. I think that our reaction was to buffer ourselves from all of that and be early for everything and to do the job better than anyone else would do it. and to never ask for anything extra. Don't be demanding. Don't be high maintenance. I think we maybe ruffled a few feathers twice in our career, and it was so obvious how extreme the fallout was. In 2006 or 2007, I forget now, we did a radio event in Chicago, and we didn't realize that one of the microphones was on. We were setting up and sound checking and Tegan and I had a private conversation, what we thought was a private conversation about how we didn't want to play the event and how it was stupid and how it was in a subway shop with a meatball. It was degrading to me to be the entertainment for the lunchtime rush and I didn't understand why we were doing it. Someone at the station overheard us and the program director has not played our music for 10 years. We've gone back and pitched many other singles and he is very clear that until we apologize, we'll never be played on his radio station and we won't apologize. I don't feel proud of the fact that they heard us have that conversation, but I feel like I have to stand up for us. I do feel that there is a double standard for women, and I know it's not a popular thing to talk about, but I do think that women are expected to look and act a certain way. I've literally seen men trash dressing rooms, fight, scream, and not show up to things, or say that they hate radio stations. Often with men, it's not even considered a thing. Then Do What You Want actually made a really interesting point. They said there's totally that trope of the shambolic, depressed musician, which is only ever romanticized for men. There was this really amazing Pitchfork article about the gendering of martyrdom, about how Kurt Cobain is revered as this a romantic poet, whereas Amy Winehouse was seen as a pitiful mess. Sarah then said, Tegan and I are more serious artists than a lot of people have ever, ever given us credit for. I think when you're a woman and you're writing about things that are emotional, feelings, or relationships, 
or whatever, people find it really easy to write the music off. We still struggle with that sort of double standard. I see it all the time. There are male lyricists out there where I'm like, how is this music genius? Or how is this music profound? Then I listen to certain female artists and I think, oh my God, this is like fucking PhD compared to that. But people are like, you know, isn't that cute? That is problematic. I don't want to be forced to take ourselves so seriously and really hammer it home. Like here we are not having fun, proving how serious we are because at the end of the day, music is still a release for us. It's something incredibly powerful and cathartic in an almost like down to your nervous system kind of way. I think that's profound. I definitely walk that fine line of wanting us to be serious and talk about the things that matter to us while also not being a goddamn misery for people to listen to. Then do what you want continued and said, you both said recently that to be strong leaders in general and for the Tegan and Sarah Foundation, you need to be healthy and confident. What does mental health and well-being look like for you? What do you do to take care of yourself? Sarah then said, I'm one of those people who doesn't do anything that I should be doing. My mom is a therapist and she'll be like, you should meditate. I don't do any of it. I don't even pretend. I don't know why. I'm an incredibly organized, disciplined person when it comes to everything that isn't me or my body. I've never been very good at regular exercise. I go through periods of being incredibly healthy and then I'll go through periods of what to me is very unhealthy. I'm not shooting drugs and putting myself in high risk situations or whatever, or eating a pepperoni pizza for every single meal. But by my own body and emotional standards, I don't always take care of myself. But then I'll have other stretches of time, like last year where I worked out with a trainer and I was like, I am a machine. No one can stop me. I'm in the best health of my life. I was eating well and I was sleeping well and I was doing all these great things and then we start touring again and I eat too much drink too much I don't go to the gym I'm completely stressed out I wake up in cold sweats with anxiety attacks so then do what you want said you're also a big news junkie have you been managing that line between being informed and being overwhelmed in the current in the current climate I don't know how anybody does and then Sarah laughs and she says I admire and envy people who are or sort of checked out. I actually feel like I've turned a corner in the last couple of weeks. I was probably not even even acknowledging how truly upset I felt about what's happening in the United States. I think some little kid that lives inside of me was freaking out like, oh my God, is the world going to end? I need somebody to tell me it's going to be okay. I don't necessarily feel like I have that person in my life. So I've been in the cycle of quite quiet resignation like this is it it's all over we're fucked i think what's particular taxing about it is that we are public figures so we're expected to i don't know man i can't just write in caps on twitter we're gonna die i think about it i think about saying what i really think all the time but i don't know how effective or helpful this would be for anyone but me And I think a lot of people in the public eye are deciding on what they wanted to do. Like I was mentioning Taylor Swift choosing not to talk about politics or who she voted for or getting involved in that. And people are very upset by that. But even Sarah is saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should be, you know, outright and express my opinions about our political climate or what should I do? Obviously, I don't know if you guys follow Tegan and Sarah, but they've both been very outspoken about how they feel and how the political climate is fucked and everything. So I'm glad that not only did Sarah, but Tegan as well speak up about what's going on, because I do think it's important. And I think that if you have the platform to talk about it, that it's incredibly helpful that if you do, you know, you're a lot cooler in my eyes and I feel more 
that I can trust and I can believe in your music and you as an artist if you express the same kinds of concerns that everybody else is dealing with because our political climate is shit, as you guys already can see on CNN every day or literally Twitter because apparently our president is more of a Twitter person than a real politician. But anyway, back to the do what you want zine. They asked Sarah, I was going to ask you whether you had worked specifically with any mental health charities with your foundation foundation. But I also figured mental health is literally at the heart of every single thing you're doing. Because not being able to find healthcare or employment opportunities or share your rights with your partner, all those things have enormous mental health ramifications. Sarah then said, we often don't get the full treatment or the support that we need. On a personal level, I know that's true of myself. When I was a kid, I thought I was sick all the time. I spent from fourth grade until about sixth grade fanatically obsessed with the idea that I had cancer to the point where finally my pediatrician allowed me to get testing done and ultrasounds and actually proved to me that I wasn't sick. As an adult in therapy, I figured out that this was my way of telling the adults in my life that I was stressed out. I didn't have stomach cancer, but I did have like emotional cancer. We live in a world where we are expected to advocate for ourselves and get the things that we need. What if you can't? What if you don't have those skills? What if you didn't have a mom who kicked down your door and demanded to know what was going on with you? What if you are isolated socially and emotionally and physically from getting the help that you need? I think that by servicing our own LGBTQ community, we can help with that. I don't think of the foundation like it's only going to help LGBTQ women. I think when you strengthen some of these institutions or develop programs that benefit people who are often ignored or forgotten, it ends up helping everybody. So that was basically all I wanted to read from the Do What You Want zine about Sarah of Tegan and Sarah for you guys. The Do What You Want zine is incredible and I urge everybody to pick it up or at least check it out or something because it's really awesome. It's huge. It's got a lot of mental health things in it and I will put a link to buy it in the show notes. I think it's still available. It's just incredible. I want you all to take a look at it. So moving on from the do what you want scene, recently Tegan and Lynn of Paris interviewed each other for Nylon Magazine, which I spoke about in a previous episode. Lynn has joined Haley of Paramore being interviewed about mental illness on the site for ID. It was released on September 1st and it's by Alexandra Pollard. The title is Stripping Away Your Mask Only Makes You Stronger. Paris's Lynn Gunn talks about bring, burning out and bouncing back. The introduction starts off pretty bold. Pollard writes, Lynn Gunn is trying to decide what to drink, what drink to order. She's one week into a self-enforced ban on coffee, so that's out of the running. I'm generally really anxious, so I'm trying to see how I do without it, she thinks for a moment. A drink drink, she says slowly before quickly rescinding the suggestion. It's 10.40 a.m. in London. Her body clock is still on U.S. time. Pollard continues on writing, there was so much stress and so much pressure literally every single day, pretty much nonstop for three years, she says, uh, Lynn says, sipping on the tea she eventually settled for, we're in a hotel in the Shepherd's Bush because it's close to BBC's Mita Valle studio, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, where later today they'll cover brand news Jesus Christ for any Mac. When you're in a stressful situation, the first thing you want to do is get out of it. So a lot of my time was occupied with that feeling of just get through it, get through it, get through it. You'll deal with the rest at some point, just get through it. And then it just kept being that. Sometimes the most heartbreaking thing to hear as an artist is that you've provided others with strength when you can't find it within yourself. 
With barely a moment to reflect on what we've experienced, Paris found themselves in the studio starting work on their second album, but Gunn had nearly reached a breaking point. I was just really burnt out and really shut off from everything, just from how much it had affected me mentally and physically. I had this really weird resentment towards what we do and towards a lot of people involved in it, but I also felt this impending guilt about it. Why aren't you grateful for this? She corrects herself. It wasn't even a matter of being grateful. It was just, why don't you feel anything for this? Why haven't you been able to enjoy this what's wrong then they touched on the song what's wrong and talking about the track being about self-loathing and the lyrics when did i get so pitiful and i have mentioned before how i believe that the song is about gaining attention and trying to tell fans of the band that she rejects the fame aspect and she's just trying to deal with the newfound platform and trying not to crumble the article goes on and actually talks about it a little bit it says in the end what helped was the decision to honor her own negative feelings rather than chastise herself for struggling i think happiness and fulfillment it's all subjective and it's all fleeting just as anger and sadness are it's really just about riding them and being vulnerable with them and not trying to shut out negative emotions that was a huge thing the past few years the importance of balance dark and light and honoring them both equally then lynn talks about how much she should choose to share with the world about herself and how she tries to find that fine line between saying everything she feels and bottling everything up then pollard continues and mentions lynn's tweets about her mental health It says she decided to test those boundaries on Twitter earlier this summer when she shared an iPhone memo alluding to her struggles with depression. It says sometimes the most heartbreaking thing to hear as an artist is that you've provided others with strength when you can't find it in yourself. She wrote it in a tweet that was favorited over 11,000 times. I think anyone who has dealt with any form of depression or mental illness can understand this. Does she struggle when she's in a dark place with finding herself put on a pedestal by fans? We have amazing people supporting us, she says, but when you can't find that self-love and you can't see the same thing that other people are seeing because you're so far in it it is really heartbreaking so yeah it's just that feeling of not being good enough for yourself it's like how can you be good enough for other people in admitting this though she found a strength she hadn't been able to muster when she kept everything to herself one thing i've learned a lot this year she muses is vulnerability is very powerful i think stripping away your mask and stripping away your uh, armor for people makes them even stronger and makes you even stronger I think just being real and being straight up with that, there's a lot of more strength than pretending everything's fine. Now, Paris also was featured in last month's uh, issue of Upset Magazine. They were talking about their new record and Lynn talking more about how she felt with the release of the second single off the record. Upset wrote that journey from being sure of yourself to having the carpet ripped out from underneath as you're swept up in a whirlwind of new demands and sudden exposure can be felt across Paris's second album. There's a pause, a sudden realization of how did I end up here? Lynn's found her answer. I mean, I know how I ended up here. Over the past few years, all the chaos, stress, and pressure of being in the band and this record doing so well and having the platform for for three years, I dug myself into a ditch. I became self-critical and put so much pressure on myself. I became so attentive to the little details that anytime the little details were skewered or thrown off, it would throw me into a little black hole. I was just really, I just really, really became my own worst enemy over the past few years. I'm trying to work on that and eliminate it. But that doesn't mean all we know of heaven, all we need of hell is full of resolution and journeys end. 
all that self-discovery, it's still going on. It's interesting. As soon as we released What's Wrong, I felt very, very vulnerable and very exposed and I got scared. I genuinely didn't know what to feel. It was just this overwhelming feeling of being pulled in so many different emotions, but none of them felt relieved or, okay, we can move forward now. It felt really scary to put What's Wrong out. I didn't think this was going to happen, but a lot of the subjects on the record are still close to home. There are things I'm still dealing with and things I'm not ready to share or discuss yet. It's going to be interesting when the whole record is out, she offers. The fact I felt really scared, vulnerable, and exposed is good. When you do anything that scares you, that's good for you. If you're doing something that doesn't scare you, you shouldn't be doing it. There's something in me that feels that once the record is out, it'll be a really big part of being able to process everything and heal. Now, finally, Lynn also says, it's not a breakup record, though it has a quite, quite a few of songs where people might think that or be curious who it's about. But at this point, it's not about anyone but dealing with my own self and trying to battle with self-love, self-deprecation, and everything in between that. I became my own, my own worst enemy over the past few years, and this record is mostly about that and dealing with me trying to dig myself out of that. She also spoke to Channel 4 about being gay in our political climate and coming out and her advice on dealing with demons. So here's a little bit of that for you guys. You've spoken quite openly about dark periods that you've experienced. Why do you think it's important to speak out about those moments? I think being vulnerable and I think expressing your emotions is the biggest, the biggest like way to heal from them, I guess. Um, and that for so long I was just bottling them up and not sharing them and just suppressing them to the point where I just wouldn't feel anything from it. And so a big part is just like digging those up and letting those surface. I hope and me doing that too, it can inspire other people to kind of just like accept their, what they're going through and realize even if it is something negative or um, really dark, it's really beautiful and it is important to go through. What goes through your mind when you walk onto stage? And then also I'm going to play you guys just a little bit of what Lynn had to say about what it's like in our political climate right now, only because Sarah mentioned it and Lynn also talked about it in this Channel 4 interview. So I'll just play you guys what she said on that as well. President Trump saying transgender people are no longer going to be acceptable in the military. What's your reaction? Can I swear? That's complete <laughs> Um, nobody, no, nobody should ever be told that. And, and there's, I think it was over 15,000 people are now being banned from the military that have been, that have dedicated so much energy and time and courage into that. It's complete in my opinion. It's not okay. So clearly it makes you angry. Yeah, it makes me very angry. Is my chest getting red? It's probably. <laughs> <laughs> We've obviously seen images of Confederate statues either being torn down or people fighting to keep them up. Where do you stand on that? It is our history, but it's a really dark piece of our history. And I, I don't think that should be, I don't think that should be celebrated personally. Like I, I don't think it should, but I, it should be known that that is the history and it shouldn't be repeated. But um, so, but whether or not that should be placed on a statue or not, I, I, I don't think those people should be, should have statues. So speaking of Tegan and Sarah, Haley Williams and Lynn Gunn, Tegan and Sarah are releasing a 10 year anniversary album of The Con, which is actually a compilation album of all these different artists covering songs from The Con. And Lynn, Haley are in actually City in Color and Churches and all these incredible artists that I love. Bleached is on there as well. 
Um, they're all on it. Haley covers 19. I don't remember what everybody else is covering, but I know Haley's doing 19. The pre-order is on Tuesday. This is uh, sun Saturday. Wow. I don't even know what day I'm on. Saturday I'm recording this, but it's coming out on Tuesday for pre-order and it officially comes out on October 20th. So that's super excited. I can't, it's exciting. See, I can't even speak because I'm so excited for it. It's going to be really awesome. The con is the best Tegan and Sarah album, in my opinion. I love Sainthood and I love their other records, but the con is definitely the best. So that's going to be really awesome. So everybody should keep an eye out on that. If I don't get a vinyl version of it, I will freak the fuck out. So taking a break to play the first song of the episode for you guys today, it's by a band from Paris's hometown of Boston, Massachusetts, actually. They're a band called Dump Him, and they are made up of mostly non-binary people and have a really cool, chilled punk style that is actually very put together, which is not punk at all, but it's very put together, and I love it. Their latest release came out in May of this year, and it is called Venus and Gemini, and the song is called Attack and Amend. The song is actually the longest song on the EP, clocking in. It's just over two minutes and it continues with the sound of polished garage band punk and I'm just a really big fan of it. So here is Attack and Amend. So again, that was the song Attack and Amend by the band Dump Him off their 2017 EP, Venus and Gemini, available on their Bandcamp. They also have cassettes available, which I'm so upset about because I finally got a new car and it's from 2010 and I no longer have a cassette deck in my car. They don't make them for 2010 and I'm still upset about it. 
but I guess I'll move on. Getting back to our conversation about mental illness, there was an article Rolling Stone just put out about St. Vincent and how she dealt with anxiety. The title is pretty bold, saying how St. Vincent battled anxiety and made her best album yet. It starts off by talking about her last album cycle and how it was such a success. St. Vincent, who is also known by her real name, Annie Clark, had other things to say about it. She said, I was going out of my mind, she says. I was on the road constantly and just trying to keep up with the pace. It was go, 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 and didn't have incredibly well-developed coping mechanisms. I was just trying to keep my sanity, Clark stated about taking medication for anxiety and depression. Today, she credits pharmaceuticals with helping her move on to the next phase of her career. In fact, they even influenced her excellent new album, Mass Education, out October 13th. One of the first songs she wrote for the LP was Pills, a jittery guitar scraper with a childlike melody. Mass Education is Clark's most intriguingly complex album to date. She recorded with producer Jack Antonoff, working up a set of songs about sex, drugs, and sadness. The music she came up with straddles new wave, ambient rock, and straight-ahead pop. What sold me on working with Annie was how much she was willing to expose and how ready she was to rip it all apart and go all in, Antonoff says. It's exactly in line with how I like to make records right now. Another big female singer who has also spoken about mental illness is Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine. In 2012, she spoke about anxiety. I found something from musicnews.com where it said, Florence Welch feels anxious most of the time. The singer revealed that while she was growing into the show business life, she still worries a lot. The Shake It Out star admitted that her team are often unsure how to best deal with her nervy nature. I feel like I'm changing a lot every day. And in a sense, I'm becoming more settled in with who I am, but I'm anxious and operate on a high level of panic most of the time, she told British magazine Q. I notice when people come to wake me up, I wake up really terrified. My manager and my PA are scared of waking me up because I react so violently. But Florence added that her nervous energy makes her performances so unique. The red-haired chart topper explained she tries to channel her anxiety into something positive on stage. My daily life would be loads easier without that, but the performance would not be what I want it to be. The anxiety is almost what fuels my performances. I feel on edge before and there's calm afterwards, she said. Now, Paramore went on Good Morning America two weeks ago, which I begrudgingly was not there for, but they were interviewed before playing Fake Happy and they were asked what the secret was behind the band's happiness. I'll play you guys what they said. Better this time? Better than ever. Oh, it's better. So good. Good morning. What would you say it is? Sorry? What's the secret? Well, uh, counseling. <laughs> Just a lot of therapy, a lot of being real honest. I love that. I love that. That's kind of all I have for you guys. I'm sorry it took me so long to do another episode. I was actually trying to get Pat to come on and do a song by song review of the new Lana Del Rey record, but it didn't happen just yet. I'm still working on it. Don't worry. But anyway, in music news, Paramore kicked off tour two in Jacksonville right before Hurricane Irma hit, and it caused the Florida evacuation and all of that stuff. So it caused the band to reschedule their Miami and Orlando shows for early in December. They played a new version of their song Ignorance for my now second favorite Paramore record, Brand New Eyes, and they have definitely taken a page out of Me Without You's book, and I'm so excited about it. Haley introduced a fourth member of Paramore being a mini megaphone, and we are all really big fans of it. I posted on the Paramore crew that we should name it, and I've decided we're naming it Carlos. If you have any questions or if you want to fight me on it, you're not going to win. It's named is Carlos. So here's a clip of that because it's awesome, and I can't wait to see it live. 
Needless to say, I am so excited to finally see Carlos live in action. Paramore also played a small acoustic show at the Sound Lounge in Chicago today before they headline Riot Fest tomorrow, and Haley expanded on the talk of depression and how she doesn't want to attach her feelings during the After Laughter era to that word because she doesn't want to take away from people who have actually been diagnosed professionally with it. So here's what she said about it. Um, Another little nugget that I learned is that you personally have been dealing with some anxiety and depression issues in the last few years Uh, yeah i don't i think i call it darkness i don't really call it depression i feel like it's such a clickbait word now and i hate to say that because it's a real issue for people but i i don't i've only been to therapy i've never been to a psychiatrist so um i mean that's just really personal (laughs) hi (laughs) hi facebook live but i uh yeah i guess what i'm saying is i don't ever want to uh, take away from people who they've been literally diagnosed with it and they're walking around de- you know w- dealing with it however they are being told to deal with it or their best way but for me it, I've never been as uh, dark you know as when we were making the record and um, it it really gave me insight and perspective for friends that deal with the same things and um, I mean I feel like a lot of the early writing sessions were therapy oh, just between Taylor and I and then I found a therapist and then Zach came into the fold and it was like the three of us began to talk about life like we'd never talked about it before so yeah I mean this this record this record is um I think even though it's happier sounding it probably is the darkest thing you know subject matter wise but um I don't want to take away I don't want to use that word so much that it becomes like a of selling point you know i understand that brian of paris has opened up an online store of his photography that he has taken by himself and it's actually going to various charities he has tweeted about the photos are absolutely beautiful and i encourage everybody to at least take a look at them and purchase if you can the charities are also really great you can check out his tweets on his twitter i think that's the last couple of tweets he actually put out so it's very easy to find if you guys just search him on twitter And Taylor Swift has come back with two new singles, actually, one of them being titled Ready For It. And as I already predicted on Twitter, it is already a radio bop. There is a lot going on with Taylor and her music video for Look What You Made Me Do. And needless to say, I am looking forward to hearing the new sound of her record when it drops in November. It's called Reputation. So that's all I have for you guys for today. It's a bit short of an episode, but I really just wanted to talk to you guys about the do what you want zine and touch on a couple of things before I do another episode. Hopefully I will have Pat in here as soon as possible to talk about Lust for Life because he is the Lana expert and he feels so passionate about her music and especially this record. It's super interesting and basically how I feel about music that I listen to. He and I, as I've pointed out in a couple of episodes, he and I have totally different music tastes, but also very similar music tastes. And he and I we hung out on Labor Day and I was driving him home and we played the record because I I've said it before I just can't get into Lana Del Rey it's not because I don't think she's amazing or incredible it's just I he says it all the time he says Lana's not for everybody and it's actually very true but he put on lust for life for me and it was such a good record that i would love to talk about it on an episode especially a song by song review because he feels so passionate about it the way he talks about music it just he he knows how to talk to you about music so i hope you guys really enjoy that episode when it finally comes to fruition the last song i have for you guys is by a band i love 
ever so much. They're called Hopalong and they're from Philadelphia. They're formerly known as Hopalong Queen Analysis. I saw them for the first time when they opened for Balance and Composure in 2013 and Francis's voice is truly unique and it's just as unique as they come. I don't think anybody on earth sounds like her and her sound is just incredible. Hopalong also opened for Me Without You on their Catch for Us the Foxes 10-year tour which we went to New Jersey to see and the band just never ceases to amaze me. Today I'll be playing an older song for you guys off their first record from 2012 titled Get Disowned and the song is called Tibetan Pop Stars. Before you guys get to hear it though I want to tell you guys where you can find me. Twitter is always Rebel Hearts Girl for regular tweets and podcast updates and anything really music and movies related and if you guys are huge Paramore fans I also run the Paramore crew. The Facebook is Rebel Hearts Podcast. Instagram is Sam is Socks. And email for anything, zine requests, anything, features, what have you, is rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And if you guys want a zine, I have them on an Etsy store. The shop name is Rebel Hearts Goods. There's a link for it on the SoundCloud page and on the Facebook page. I will see you guys at the front. Here is Hopalong. Along. <laughs> 